Welcome to the Mimi B Podcast. I'm your host, Mimi Bouchard, and this podcast is designed to help you become the best version of yourself possible. This podcast will motivate you and give you the tools that you need to get to where you want to be. Hello, everyone. I am so excited for today's guest. I've been trying to get this guy on my show for over a year now, and we haven't been able to book it in, and finally it's happening. Please welcome to the show, Hal Elrod. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm super excited to chat today. Mimi, so am I. It's uh, Instead of being just you know uh, social media friends, now we get to actually connect face-to-face, so I'm, I'm excited. Exactly. I'm super excited too. You know, my audience and myself definitely included, we love personal development, bettering ourselves, you know, creating an incredible morning routine, an incredible life. And I think you're just going to blow everyone's minds today. You know, everyone that doesn't know who Hal is, he is an author, a speaker, a motivational speaker. He's been through a lot in his life and he's an author. Like I mentioned, I actually have your book on my nightstand right now. I know it's kind of unprofessional. I'm in my bedroom, but my boyfriend always (laughs) takes over the other side of the house. So whatever. Um, But yeah, you know, I I love your your books, your content, everything that you preach. So I'm super excited to have you on. Um, So welcome. Yeah, me, me too. And I, I follow you on Instagram. So uh, I love your, your always positive energy as well. And this is the first time literally for anybody listening or watching, like this is the first time you and I are talking and we hit record about 20 seconds after we jumped on. So we're literally getting to know each other, you know, for the whole world to see, if you will. As you listen, literally, exactly. But I feel like I kind of know you because I guess social media is so interesting. You know, you never actually maybe speak to someone face to face, but you kind of get their vibe. You get what they're all about. Totally. I even like, I'll have people, I'm like, we'll do an interview or something. And they're like, yeah, it's it's fine. Good to finally meet you. I'm like, wait, we don't know each other. Like, I feel like I, I thought I knew you. Never mind. Okay. Yeah, it's weird. It's crazy. Okay. So, just as a bit of a backstory for everyone who doesn't really know who you are, who's new to your content, I want to hear your story. And I know you've been through a crazy amount of stuff in life. And I think it's, you know, the adversity has given you so much, I guess, clarity on what life is all about, a lot of wisdom and just um, incredible mindset towards life because of everything that you've been through. I would love to hear kind of like a compact or not so compact version of your story. I'm going to do my best to make it compact. I'm a very long-winded person and I'm always trying to work on how do I give this as a synopsis? So here's the synopsis. Um, When I was 20 years old, uh, I was in a car accident. I was hit head on by a drunk driver at 80 miles per hour. My car spun off the drunk driver. Another car crashed into my door at 70 miles per hour. And uh, I broke 11 bones. Uh, I died at the scene. I was clinically dead for six minutes. I was in a coma for six days. And when I came out of the coma, I was told I would never walk again. And at 20 years old, you know, at any age, that, that's a hard reality to face. And I just decided, based on some things I had learned from a mentor about a year and a half ago, I accept all things I can't change. So I can't change that I was in a car accident. So I'm going to accept that and be at peace with it. So I didn't feel sad. I wasn't depressed. I wasn't angry. I wasn't, you know, I was just really at peace. And then uh, the doctor said I would never walk again. And the other piece was I thought, you know what? You you might be an expert in medicine, but you're not an expert in me. Like I have unwavering faith that I will walk again. And those to me are two of my guiding principles is accepting all things I can't change and then maintaining unwavering faith that I can create anything in the future that I want or overcome anything. And with that mindset, kind of the two-prong approach, acceptance and faith, uh, three weeks later, after I was found dead and broke all those bones, the doctors came in with routine x-rays and they're like, we don't know how to explain this. I know we said you weren't going to walk again and you've been saying that you are. Well, it looks like you were right. 
and uh, your body is healing so quickly. We're going to let you take your first step today in therapy. And so I took my first step um, that day, you know, three weeks later, and the rest is kind of history, if you will. And I really do believe in that mind-body connection. Uh, and, and, and we'll circle back to that here in a minute. Um, that, that was my first major adversity. The second was in 2008, which people can probably relate a lot more to. It was the economic crash, right? The United States economy crashed and I was an entrepreneur. I just started my own business. It was thriving and I, I'm the eternal optimist. So I'm like, I don't watch the news and I create my own economy. And I, like, I wasn't paying attention. I just thought everything would be fine. And I ignored it. And that was not the best move um, because the economy did crash and I kind of crashed with it. And I, uh, I, I, for the first time in my life, I got really kind of depressed. I was just really scared because I was losing income, uh, over half my income. I couldn't pay my mortgage. My house was foreclosed on by the bank. My body fat percentage tripled because I was just eating, you know, fast food, whatever I could to survive, cheap food. And in that process, I created this morning ritual called the Miracle Morning. And we'll, I know we'll dive back into that, but that became this book and this worldwide movement. And now it's a movie coming out and all these things. Um, that was all born from that, that kind of second adversity. And then most recently, um, three and a half years ago, I was uh, diagnosed with a very rare aggressive form of cancer, leukemia, acute lymphoblastic leukemia. And in adults, it's a 30% survival rate. And uh, if you're a glass is half empty kind of person, that's a 70% chance you're going to die, right? And I, you know, that's what I was being told. And I have a, at the time, my daughter was seven, my son was four. And um, being told for anybody that you're going to die is, you know, it's, it's about the hardest news you can get. But as a parent, right now, it's not just you. It's I'm thinking of these lives of my, my, my daughter growing up without her dad and my son and my wife, of course, without a husband. And um, I maintained the exact same mindset, acceptance and faith. I went, okay, I can't change that I have cancer. So I told my wife the day I was diagnosed and given that, diagno that prognosis of 30% survival, I said, sweetheart, I have decided I will be the happiest and the most grateful I have ever been while I endure the most difficult time in my life. And for anybody listening, I just, I want to pause and invite you to consider that, that right now the world's pretty uncertain. There's a lot of, it's, it's really crazy. Um, but at any given time, we all face adversity. We all face uncertainty. And most of us think, oh, bad thing happening. I feel bad. Good thing happening. I feel good. And I really want to tell you that it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. You can be enduring the most difficult time in your life and make the decision that, okay, I will not let my emotional well-being be dependent on my outer circumstances, right? You could say, I won't let my inner world be dependent on my outer world. And, um, and so for me and for you, you can decide, I will be the happiest and most grateful or even just at peace. Like you choose whatever you want, but choose the state that will serve you and the people in your life the most. And for me, I thought, for me, it's almost always being genuinely happy and deeply grateful. That allows me to wake up, feel good, put out good energy into the world, be the best husband for my wife and the best father for my kids. And once again, the doctors were like, okay, this guy's delusional. Like, why is he so happy? We're telling him he's not going to make it. And within two and a half months, I started to show signs of going into remission, which once again, the doctors were like, this is crazy, you know? And, uh, and I think that for all of us, right, I'm not special. It's just that decision that I'm not going to let my outer world define my inner world. I'm not going to let the fear of what could go wrong become my reality. Like I'm going to maintain unwavering. I'm going to accept what I can't change. I'm going to maintain unwavering faith for what I want and keep moving toward that. And then, you know, if the worst case happens, I'll, I'll accept that when it happens. But what I find is that when you live with that kind of two-prong approach of unwavering faith and, and you know, putting forth 
uh, or accepting the things you can't change, you tend to, that keeps you in kind of an optimum mental and emotional state to move through your adversity uh, and, and end up better on the other side. Absolutely incredible. And, and you're so right. You know, the mind body connection is so there <laughs> and all this new research is coming out all the time. And I've been so interested in that connection for really, you know, probably the past year or so I've been delving into the work. So hearing your story, it's just, it, it's, it confirms that your, your mindset and your mentality towards life, it truly does impact the outcome. And, um, you know, it's, it's just so commendable to hear your story. You've been through so much, but your mindset has just, you know, maintained just so much strength. Whereas a lot of other people with all these things in their life, they could probably take that and, you know, bring it into depression or alcoholism or, you know, just different options. So you've just taken that and uh, not only combated it yourself, but just like, you know, inspired millions of people, which is crazy. Um, so what's, what's going on right now with you? You know, the miracle morning was best-selling book. I I'm, I literally just ordered your other books on Amazon. So I can't wait to read those. Awesome. Uh, you're an incredible author. So what's going on right now? Like what are your main focuses right now? And how, how do you feel like your mission is going right now? Yeah. Uh, thank you for that, for that opportunity to share. Um, so the miracle morning, uh, it started out as my morning ritual in 2008 when the economy had crashed. Right. And it really, it changed my life so quickly that I went to my wife. It wasn't called the miracle morning. Like it wasn't a book idea. It was just this, I, I tried to figure out what would be the most effective kind of the ultimate morning routine. And I kind of pieced together and created this six, these six practices all done in the morning in an hour. And some people do it in 30 minutes, but I did it for, for an hour a day. And within two months, I more than doubled my income. And keep in mind that was in 2008 is the economy continued to get worse, but I went from like the six month downward spiral to, I shifted my, myself, if you will. Right. And then I was able to double my income, even though the economy was getting worse, my depression went away in a matter of days. And probably the, one of the most, the craziest, uh, transformations for me is I was not a runner in my life. And I thought, what would be a way to challenge myself physically? I thought, what if I ran, like I've never run more than a mile. What if I ran a marathon? And then I go, no, 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 scratch that. There are people that do double marathon. What if I did 52 miles in one day? You know, and, uh, and so I committed to train for that. And so within two months, you know, I, I go from ha never having run more than a mile to like I'm running, you know, 20 miles a week. And, and, I, and I, I doubled the income and I go to my wife, I go, sweetie, this morning ritual, it feels like a freaking miracle. Like I can't even believe how fast I've changed my life because of this. And she goes, it's your miracle morning. And I go, yeah, I love that miracle morning. And so I put, it was in my schedules, miracle morning. And I started teaching it to all my coaching clients at the time. And almost every single one of them came back going, I'm not a morning person. And, but I would, you know, encourage them to give it a shot and give them some tips on how to beat the snooze button. And they would come back and go, um, pal, oh my gosh, like, you're right. I'm a morning person all of a sudden, like, and I'm doing it and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm more effective and I'm happier and I'm more energized and all these things. And that's when the light bulb went off. And I went, if this is changing my life and I wasn't a morning person and changing other people's lives and they weren't morning people, this could change anyone's life, you know? And so, and then by the way, I'm, this is all important backstory to kind of talk about where we're at now with, with this mission. Um, so it took me three years. I wrote the book and it published on 12, 12, 12. Uh, I have a bad memory, so I needed a date that I wouldn't forget, <laughs> but uh, and, and, and it started out like I didn't have an audience. Like I wasn't an author. I wasn't known. No one knew who I was, but I believed in the mission. And I'm like, I'm going to change 1 million lives 
one morning at a time. Like that was my, that was my mantra. That was my mission that I was committed to. And it took six years. I tried to do it in a year and it, you know, I failed miserably. I sold like 17,000 copies out of the million I was shooting for the first year. So I just kept, I just maintained unwavering faith. Like I accepted where I was at, couldn't change it. And I kept moving forward, kept maintaining that faith. And year two, didn't hit it. Year three, nope. Year four, nope. Uh, finally in year six, we reached a million people with the book. And, uh, and then I, I, I up-leveled the mission, if you will. And I went, okay, this is more than just about a million people or even millions. This is about humanity. And so the Miracle Morning mission now is to elevate the consciousness of humanity one person and one morning at a time. And the book has now reached over two and a half million, you know, copies sold. It's translated in 37 languages. And I just, I share that because it's now not, it hasn't been just me for a long time. Like this is a collective mission by what we call the Miracle Morning community, which are, you know, millions of people around the world that are waking up every day and dedicating time to becoming the best version of themselves. And then every single day, they go out into their life, into their world as the better version of themselves, the best version of themselves. And they, every relationship, every interaction, everything that they do is improved by how they start their day. Because it's one thing we all share in common is how we start the day. And so now fast forward to kind of where we're at today. I'm still sharing right? The book, like I'm still on a mission. I, I, I share the book to reach, you know, now we're shooting for a billion people, if you will. Um, but about five years ago, one of my good friends, Nick Conadera, who's a filmmaker, he called me actually. Yeah. He called me. And he was like, Hey, we should make a movie about this miracle morning. Like you're, you're, I see people's, you know, Facebook posts, like it's changing lives. We should make a movie about all the stories of people changing their lives. Mm -hmm. And I said, I love that, but I'm so overwhelmed with like, just what I'm doing. Like I, I can't take on a movie. I don't even know what that looks like. And he kept bugging me about it for months and months and months. And I kept pushing back. And then one day he called me and he figured out how to get, get to me. He goes, how, what's your mission in life? And I said, to elevate the consciousness of humanity, one person, one morning at a time, you know, you know that why. And he said, what percentage of humanity reads self-help books? And I started to get where he was going with this. I'm like, ah, like 1%, maybe if that, he goes, what percentage watch television or watch movies? And I go, son of a, I guess we're making a movie. Yeah. And so we started yeah. filming this movie uh, five years ago. And two years into it, I was diagnosed with cancer and given a 30% chance of surviving. And I called Nick and I said, Nick, hey, buddy, um, I have some crazy news for you. Like, I've got this really rare aggressive cancer. The move, we've got to put the movie on hold. Like, my, my, my only focus right now is staying alive. And uh, I, I don't, the movie, I don't care, right? And Nick being a filmmaker, and he saw it differently. I saw this about this story about this Miracle Morning movement and how it could change lives. He also saw, this is how, this is your story. Like you're the character that is going out trying to change the world with this Miracle Morning thing. And so he said, if it's okay with you, I would like to film as much of your cancer journey as you'll let me. And I was like, like it just totally took me, it caught me off guard. I was like, ah, uh, like, let me talk to my wife. I, I, I don't know. He's like, take your time. Anyway, luckily he, he was persistent and he filmed the cancer journey and he basically saw me. I mean, he has me in the hospital bawling my eyes out on pain medic. Like I've been on pain management for 10 days. Like he has me at the deepest, darkest, lowest points of my life. He has me doing my miracle morning with, you know, bald, right? Like reading affirmations about living for my family. And I'm like, I'm in tears. And like, anyway, he caught the, he got the journey. And now 
the Miracle Morning documentary uh, comes out on 12-12-2020, which is the eight-year anniversary of the book. Um, it went from being a, a documentary about morning routines where we interview all these you know, world-famous, successful people about their morning rituals to now the, the final third of the movie. It, like, it takes this twist. You're watching this movie about this, these morning routines, this movement. You're like, wow, this is really fascinating. And then all of a sudden, it's me in the hospital on this video blog that I think goodness, I did this video blog where I'm like, Hey guys, I just want to let you know what's happening. Like, I don't, they don't know what's wrong with me. I can't breathe. They're trying to figure it out. And I documented the whole journey of being diagnosed with cancer and then going through it. And so now, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's the movie. It, it like, I really feel like the release of it during COVID with what we're all going through the theme of, there's a lot of themes of, of the movie, but to me, the biggest one is what we've already talked about, which is like, no matter what's going on outside of you, you can take complete control of what's going on inside of you. And the Miracle Morning is simply a daily practice that you start the day with so that you remind yourself, I'm in control of my inner world. I'm going to put myself in a peak physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual state first thing in the morning, every single morning. And then again, I'm going to take that version of me out into the world. I'm going to be happier. I'm going to be healthier. I'm going to be more effective, more calm, peaceful, so on and so forth. And so this movie, I am... I'm so, we just finished it like three days ago, like the final edits and stuff. And so I am, it's very fresh and I am so um, excited and committed and inspired by the impact that I really believe that the film, just beyond just the book, but the film will have in people's lives. I am so excited to watch it. <laughs> Literally, I, I, where can, when it comes out, where can people find it? Is it going to be on online or where can people watch it? Because I'm literally yeah. like putting it in my calendar. <laughs> Yeah. So it'll be online. Um, it'll be, uh, right now, if you go to miracle morning, there's, you can't, tickets aren't available right now. They'll be available probably in a few weeks, but miraclemorning.com If you want to get on the, you know, the email list to make sure you get the announcement when it's, when it's out. Um, and then tickets will be available at miraclemorningmovie.com. So, um, yeah, and it'll be, and it'll be, oh, and it'll be online by the way. Yeah. So we're going to do it. We have such a global audience. We were originally going to do a theater release and then COVID hit, like we were about to launch it in theaters and then COVID hit around the United States. And we had like 250 theaters that had agreed to show it. And so it all, but it happened for a reason because we got to pull the movie back, open it up and make it just, I feel like a thousand times better. Like we, it, it was done and then we redid it. So anyway, it'll be online and people will be able to stream it and put it on their TV and watch it. That way it'll be anywhere in the world. Uh, everybody can watch it. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm so excited. Literally that's an, an incredible, incredible story. How it just started off as, the Miracle Morning and it evolved into more your story because at the end of the day, like, you know, you are the creator of the Miracle Morning and it should follow you and your your journey with everything. Um, and I bet it's going to be so inspiring and I bet I'm going to cry like a baby <laughs> while watching it. I'm like, I always cry in documentaries and movies. Yeah. It's um, pretty emotional. So, uh, I even, I'm not a crier and like, I can't get through it without crying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's amazing and crazy. Um, and congratulations. That's fabulous. But okay. I want to go back to the morning here because obviously we're, you know, we're touching on how incredible and important mornings are and everyone yeah. uh, listening right now, I'm sure can attest to that. Um, I, I know for a fact that if I don't do my morning routine, I am not myself that day. Like I need to prime yeah. myself at the beginning of the day and I haven't not done a morning routine in a couple of years at least. And I do kind of a version of just, I do my own thing, but a version of everything that I've learned over the years. Yeah. Um, 
So I want to hear from you. Obviously, don't fill everything in the book. Um, but what are your top, like, what do you, what are non-negotiables in the morning that you definitely require, or, you know, tell people that they should be doing? Yeah. So I, I think that it, it's a great point or a great question. And I think that there's a few ways to look at this. Um, and big picture being, so we'll start macro and then go micro, like big picture. And then we'll dive into actually what the miracle morning is. And I'm happy to, you know, give away the, the key points so people can literally get started. Um, the, the macro is the morning ritual. Like when I was, when I was depressed in 2008 and I was trying to figure out, I was Googling like, what are the best personal development practices? And I kept coming across morning routines and morning rituals among many others. And I would not, I, I didn't read, I literally did not read a single one of the morning ritual articles because I wasn't a morning, I thought I wasn't a morning person, right? I thought, which you know, that's another story, but, um, I'm like, I'm not a morning person. I don't like waking up early. Like where's the success plan for people that wake up at seven or eight, like, or, you know, whenever. And I ended up, uh, I forgot what the headline was, but one of the articles caught my attention and it sucked me in. And I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going to read this. And what it, what it showed me or, or what it, the perspective shift that it gave me, the paradigm shift was that of all the practices to improve yourself, improve your life, uh, the morning ritual, it's not equal, right? It's not equal. It, 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 it's f- fundamental, right? Meaning like meditating or journaling or affirmations or exercise or reading or any of those, those are all powerful. But the, the point of doing something first thing in the morning, in fact, all those practices are all part of the miracle morning that you do first thing in the morning. But the point is that you, when you start your day and you can call it priming, right? That's a great way to put it. You're putting yourself you know, you're putting yourself in that peak physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual state. You are priming your mindset. And what it does is it sets, how you start your day sets the tone, the context, and the direction for the rest of your day. And one way to put it is that if you win the morning, you win the day. Whereas most of us though, most of us start the day with resistance and procrastination by hitting the snooze button. And we're literally, even at a subconscious level, we're telling ourselves you know, yeah, I know I say I want an extraordinary life, but not as bad as I'd rather lay here unconscious for another 15, 30, you know, 60 minutes, right? So when you start your day with purpose and you wake up and you start your day with these practices that enrich every aspect of your being, then you become a better version of the person that went to bed the night before. And if you do that every single day, every day you start the day in a way that enables you to win the day and be more be happier, be more productive, more proactive, more disciplined, so on and so forth. So that's the big picture idea of of the miracle morning, of of the idea of just a morning routine in general. Now, when I Googled back when I was trying to figure out what to do, and I Googled best personal development practices, that came because I heard a quote one morning that a friend, a friend sent me this audio by Jim Rohn. And in the audio, Jim Rohn said, your level of success in life will seldom exceed your level of personal development. And then he went on to say, that's because success is something that you attract by the person that you become. And when I heard that, I went, I'm not dedicating time every day to my personal development. Therefore, I'm not becoming the person that I need to be to attract or create or sustain, whatever word you want to use, right? The success that I want in my life. And and here's I quantified it this way. So Mimi, I thought if we're, let me ask you, it's kind of a rhetorical question, but just play along. Um, If we're measuring success in any or every area of our life on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the most successful we could be in an area, could be our relationships, our health, our money, our finances, whatever. And one being the worst on a scale of one to 10, what level of success do we want in every area? 
10. 10. Right. Like I've never met someone that's like, I don't want to be too happy. Like I'll be like, like a six is good. I got, you know, no, everybody, we want level 10 health, happiness, wealth, success, you name it. And when I heard that quote from Jim Rohn, your level of success will rarely exceed your level of personal development. I quantified it. I go, well, I want level 10 success. And I think this is true for most people. But if my level of success or level of personal development is at like a two or a three or even a five, that's the disconnect, right? We want level 10, but if we're showing up every day of a level five, we're, we're going to struggle to create and sustain the levels of success that we want and deserve in our lives. And for me, I went, I've got to create the most extraordinary, effective personal development ritual, you know, in the history of humanity. And then when I started, went home and Googled the best practices, I had a list. I was looking for one, like what's the best practice? And I had a list of six. And they were silence, which would be like your meditation or or prayer, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing, which is a fancy word for journaling. Now, if you look at those words, they actually spell the acronym SAVERS. Silence, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing, S-A-V-E-R-S. And so I, I didn't... I didn't realize that on day one. It took me a long time to figure that out. But I woke up, I decided, what if I did all of these? That was the breakthrough. I go, instead of doing one, I'm looking at this list that I had written out and I go, what if I woke up tomorrow and I did the six most proven personal development practices in the history of humanity, that the world's most successful people in all walks of life, from you know philanthropists to Olympians and professional athletes to millionaires and billionaires, you know, to, to philosophers, They've sworn by these practices from the beginning, but I don't see anyone that's doing all six. Most people are doing one, two, maybe three at the most. And I thought that would be the ultimate morning ritual. And I woke up the next morning. I spent 10 minutes in silence. I didn't know how to meditate. Like I was new to this. I was very, you know, I didn't do it well, but I just, I got calm and I got peaceful, right? I just, I did a little meditation, a little bit of prayer. Then I went to these affirmations. They felt kind of goofy, like the way affirmations were taught. And I'm gonna, I'll give some tips here in a minute on how to do these affirmations in an effective way. But I went through all six practices and I thought, if I start every day like this, because my outer world was still a mess. I was $52,000 in personal credit card debt. My house was being foreclosed on by the bank. I was in the worst shape of my life physically, right? Like my outer world was still a mess, but my inner world, I took control of it that day. I didn't feel depressed. I didn't feel scared. I felt optimistic. I felt hopeful. I felt empowered. Like I had a sense of control over my life again. And again, that was the first day. And so I decided to do this every day. I want to run through these six practices for people and give some really practical, actionable tips for a lot of these, because a lot of these are woo-woo. A lot of these are like, yeah, I've tried affirmations. Like they're kind of goofy. I feel like I'm lying to myself. Like I've done visualization, but like, I don't, I don't know what to see, right? On well, and on. I'll tell you something, some good news. My audience likes the woo, so. <laughs> well, I'm going to combine, we're going to take the woo and we're going to make it very practical and very actionable. So if you like the woo, you're going to hear these woo-woo practices in a way that maybe you haven't heard them before, okay? Mm-hmm. So we'll start with silence, right? So again, these, this, we're following the acronym SAVERS, S for silence. That's your meditation or your prayer time. And because your audience, I know they meditate, you know, I won't give like training on all of this necessarily. Um, here's what I'll tell you. My favorite form of meditation is what I call, you know, I don't really have a name for it, actually. I need a name for it, but I would call it like state management. So what I do is I choose what state do I want to live in most of the time? And for me, I already told you, it's happiness and gratitude, right? And, and peace there. I'll throw peace in there, right? I want to be at peace. 
I want to feel genuinely happy and grateful. That's how I want to live my life. So I want to show up. So I want to express myself and I want to project happiness and gratitude and peace onto other people, not inner turmoil and stress and rage and you know, all those things. A lot of people project, right? Um, so for me, I literally, I'll set the timer for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour, whatever, depending on the day. Most days it's 10 minutes, uh, 10 to 20. And I will just choose what's the emotion that I want to experience. And sometimes it's confidence. Like if I'm getting ready to give a big speech in front of a thousand people in a, you know, an audience, I was pre-COVID, hopefully it'll be again soon, um, right? But I'm like, I need to be really either in a state of service or of confidence, right? So I just ask myself in the morning, what emotion, what do I want to feel? And often it'll be just gratitude or happiness. And I'll just sit there and I'll think of happy thoughts. And then I'll just try to feel so deeply grateful and so genuinely happy that I either smile or cry or both, right? Like that's, and I'll use the meditation because what I'm doing, the way I view meditation is you're conditioning a state. So if you need to be at peace, if you're overly stressed, condition a state of peace. And it's kind of like working out, right? When you work out, you're not just working out to be stronger, to lift more weights. I mean, I'm sure some people do, but you're trying to get stronger so that when you need your muscle during the day, right? Or you're running so that when you need more stamina and energy during the day, that's what the workout's providing you. It's not working out just for the sake of working out. And I believe meditation is also should be viewed that way. You're not just meditating for the sake of meditating, which I think a lot of people do. You're meditating so that you can take that state, that you, whether it's peace so, you know, or whether it's joy, so that you can condition that like a muscle and then you can bring peace throughout your entire day, joy throughout your entire day. Gratitude and happiness become your default states of being and meditation is the exercise, if you will, that allows you to do that. Um, affirmations are my favorite, by the way. I think these are the most misunderstood of all personal development practices because we're taught one of two problematic approaches to affirmations. Number one, we're taught to lie to ourselves, right? In, in one way or another. So it's something like, I am wealthy, right? If you're struggling financially, just tell yourself you're wealthy and you're rich and you're a millionaire until you believe it, right? I am rich. I am wealthy, right? But if you're, if you're struggling financially, you're lying to yourself. Now, if you said, I can be wealthy, okay, that's, that's great. That, that's actually true, right? But when we're taught this whole, I am blank, and the blank is followed by something that is not congruent with your reality, you're going to fight it, right? If you say, I am thin, and you look in the mirror and you're overweight, well, you're not thin. So you're literally lying to yourself. Now, the alternative to that is step one of how I would create an affirmation is I am committed to blank. Subtle shift in language radical shift in result, right? So instead of saying, I am a millionaire, say, I'm committed to becoming a millionaire. I'm committed to becoming financially free. I'm committed to losing 20 pounds. I'm committed to spending more time with my family. Like, what are you committed to? Because in life, we don't get what we lie to ourselves about, right? The truth will always prevail. So affirm not something that's untrue, but something that you're committed to. The other problem with affirmations that we've been taught is to use this flowery, passive, woo-woo language that promises a magical result independent of any effort to create the result. I'll give you an example. We've all probably heard the affirmation that goes something like this. I am a money magnet. And sometimes it continues by going, money flows to me effortlessly and in abundance. Like, if you ask anyone that, that is wealthy, 
I bet you most of them will not tell you that was how it worked out. Yeah, I was just a money magnet. And dude, I just like opened up my front door and money flowed effortlessly through the door and I got rich. It was crazy, right? So I'm a big believer in if I'm affirming something, like do I want to feel good? Yeah. But I, I, more, to me, I want, I want the long-term result that will continue those good feelings, not just because I affirm something in the moment that is magically going to happen. So again, I would affirm I am committed to this result, not as if it already happened or it was going to happen without any effort from me, right? Um, the second step to creating affirmations that really produce results that are practical, so step one is affirm what you're committed to. Step two is affirm why it's meaningful and or crucial for you to achieve that outcome. So you're first, you're affirming the ideal outcome that you're committed to, but then affirm, why is it meaningful? So if I'll just stick on the wealth tangent, it's very measurable. People can relate to it. If like when I was in my twenties, I wanted to be a millionaire. I was 20 years old. I started a career. I thought, all right, I'm going to be a millionaire by the time I'm 25. And then I was 25 and you know, I was, I was barely a thousandaire, right? Like not, not even close. And then I'm like, okay, by the time I'm 30, I'm going to do that. And not even close. And, and then, but I never had a real meaningful why. It was always because like, it'd be cool to have like a Ferrari and it'd be cool to like have money. Right. And then I had, uh, my wife had our first child when I was 30, my daughter, Sophie. And I read my affirmations and I have affirmations in every area of my life. So finances is just one. Of course, I've got it for my health and for my marriage and as a parent, all these, but that one specifically, I got a deeply meaningful why it was, and it became crucial that I provide financial freedom for my wife and my daughter because I was the sole provider and they were counting on me. And once I had that, why now it, it just that alone it forced, it was no longer just this like fun pipe dream to become financially free. It was, this is something I am committed to no matter what, because the two most important people in my world are counting on me and I will do whatever it takes to set us up to be able to have a, you know, a life where we have financial security. And then it actually, you know, it fast forward five years and it happened. Um, so the second step is what are you, why is it meaningful and or crucial to you? And then the third step, and there's only three steps here to creating an affirmation that will produce results, not just make you feel better, is what specifically are you committed to doing and when? So let me, let me say it this way. Which actions will you take and when? So when I was trying to write the miracle morning, right, I was committed to writing the miracle morning and changing millions of lives one morning at a time. Why? Because I felt that this had changed my life and I owed it to the world to share this practice with them. So what the actions I was going to do, I will write for one hour per day, six to 7 a.m. after I'm done with my miracle morning, no matter what, there is no other option. It was six days a week. So now you have an affirmation that doesn't just make you feel better. It's not just pumping yourself up. It's actually aligned with the outcomes in your life that you want to produce. You're affirming that you are committed to those outcomes. You're affirming why and reminding yourself why that's so meaningful. It's so important. It's, it's, it's a must. It's crucial for you. And then you're clarifying which actions you need to take and when that will essentially make that outcome inevitable. It's only a matter of time. So that for me is the affirmation formula. And I have an affirmation that follows that formula for every single area of like the top, you know, 10 areas of my life, my health, my family, my friends, my fitness, on and on and on. Uh, and it, it keeps me aligned, not only my 
subconscious is aligned with, with what I'm committed to, but it's aligning my conscious behaviors as well. So I know that was kind of long. Let me pause. Is there any, any thoughts or questions? Then I can go through the rest of the savers. Love this. And I love actionable tips and I love actionable, you know, affirmations as well. And I actually have one question. So you said the whole, I'm a money magnet, money floods into my life. So I am all for action-focused, you know, law of attraction, visualization kind of stuff. You know, I I don't think that you can just say, huh, I want a million dollars and do nothing. And even if you feel it on every single level, you know, you're not going to get it unless you put the work in. That's just a fact. But when I do my meditations, and I do a lot of meditations, I often do, um, you know, say to myself, like, or envision, like, money is flooding into my life, like, just feeling the energy of wealth, let's say, because we're using this money example. Um, And even though in that moment, I'm not like, okay, this is what I'm going to do afterwards. And that meditation, I'm like embodying that energy. And I feel like it does give me, uh, you know, it kind of aligns my vibe, my energy with someone who can, you know, be open to the opportunity of having that much money. And um, do you think that it's still effective doing that? Obviously, of course, you need to add on with the action plan, but is it still effective even if I don't in that moment in the meditation have an action plan? Yes. And thank you for asking that because I think I get to, because most people are only taught that and I feel like it's missing the, you know, there's, if there's two parts that make your meditation, your affirmations effective, I feel like the practical actionable piece that I just shared is what's missing. So I often forget to say what you just shared is also important, you know, and, and, and cause what you're talking about, well, essentially it's, 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 you need both. Like to me, one without the other doesn't work, but it's absolutely important for our psyche to feel abundant and to feel that energy of attraction and that energy. So, so yeah, so to me, it's not one or the other, both are really important. And thank you for asking. It reminds me that I need to make sure I incorporate that when I talk about this. <laughs> okay. Thank um, you. you know, I'm actually, just like, cause I create a lot of meditations. Um, I have my app that I just launched and I'm like, okay, should I like add in more? Like, cause they, my, mine are very action focused as well in the sense that I get people to visualize intensely them actually doing the thing. So it reconditions their mind. Right. And we're going to get into visualization. Yes. And you just gave a preview of what I'm going to talk Perfect. about. That's let's let's yeah. get on to visualization. And with visualization, I'll make sure to hit both the woo woo and the, and, and the, and the actionable. So the, the way that we're taught with visualization that again, I think is, it can be problematic is we're only taught to visualize the ideal outcome and that's it. Right. And it was especially like the vision board. Like I have a vision board, but that's not the end all be all. But for most people, it was like if they watched The Secret like 10 years ago, it was like create a vision board and then wait for it to magically come true. Right. Um, And so visualizing the ideal outcome, there is a purpose behind it and then it could be detrimental. And then there's another piece to the equation that's crucial for visualization. So here you go. The benefit of visualizing the ideal outcome is that it increases your desire. It fuels your desire to make it a reality. The more you see it, the more you feel it, and the more you believe that it's real and can be real. If you imagine some outlandish dream of yours, the first time you visualize it, you're like, oh my gosh, that's so far off. Like I, I, I barely can even visualize that. It's so far gone from my current reality. But if you visualize it every day, it becomes more and more and more normal for you. You normalize this, this dream and it feels like it's, it's very much possible. The problem with that is the more you do that, if you leave it at that alone, you trick your subconscious into thinking that it's a foregone conclusion. I'll give you an example. I was, I, was, uh, I, I was training for that ultra marathon and that was like the most outlandish thing for me to imagine running that much was crazy. But I would, so I started out visualizing the ideal outcome. 
I would, I actually printed a picture of the Atlantic city marathon, which is what, what I was going to run. Um, and I would see it, I'd close my eyes, I'd imagine myself, I'd feel it. And it created this desire, this belief that it was actually possible. And then here's what I started to notice. I started to notice that I didn't, I felt like it was a foregone conclusion and I didn't really, I lost the drive, almost like that healthy fear of like, man, I better get to work or that's not going to become a reality. And so here's where visualization went to the next level for me. I would spend just a minute or so in the morning visualizing crossing the finish line, right? So that visualizing the ideal outcome, it would fuel the desire, it would fuel the belief. But the most important part of my visualization, it sounds like you're already on board with this, is I would visualize myself taking the ideal action that I needed to take today in the optimum emotional state while taking the action. So specifically, I would visualize the alarm on my phone going off at 7 a.m., which is when I committed to go train and run. I'd visualize like a movie in my mind. I'd see myself picking up my phone, turning off the alarm, going into my bedroom closet, getting dressed in my running clothes, walking through my living room out the front door. I'd see the whole thing. And then I would always visualize myself opening the front door and the camera would kind of pan around. I'd see my face. And in the vision, I would smile. And in re- while I was visualizing, I would smile. And I'd flood myself with positive emotions around doing something that I hated doing, which was running. I'd vis- I would imagine, and I would even affirm, I'd go, I'm going to go for a run right now. And I, I'd then visualize the sidewalk. I'd go, this is going to feel good. I'm doing something great for my mind, my body, my soul, my discipline. I'm becoming a better version of myself. And I would see it, and I would feel it, and then I would go on the run. And here's what would happen. And I'm, you've experienced this, I'm sure, yourself, Mimi. When the alarm went off at 7 a.m., after I had done that visualization for a few days, and especially a few weeks, I no longer, it didn't take discipline. It was programmed. I would just stand up, walk into my bedroom closet, get dressed, head out the front door, and right when I opened the front door, my, I, a smile would go across my face. I'd be flooded with positive emotions, and I'd enjoy the run. And so that, to me, is the most effective way to utilize visualization is to both visualize the ideal outcome to fuel your desire and your belief that it's possible, but most importantly, visualize yourself engaged in the activity that you need to be engaged in today in an optimum emotional state, right? Rehearse that in the morning so that when it's time to engage in the activity that might be scarier out of your comfort zone or require a lot of discipline, it becomes easier and easier and easier every single day that you visualize. Incredible. And you know what I did last night? I was like, I want to wake up at 6.15 without my alarm. And past week, I was exhausted for some reason. I was sleeping in, just feeling so exhausted. I've been there. (laughs) So... I literally visualized myself last night. I'm like, I'm going to, and I literally visualize exactly me waking up at 6.15, looking at my alarm, feeling energized and excited for the day and just going off with my day. And every single time I do this, it happens exactly yep. as I expect. And me, it, there has too. to be something there, you know? Yeah, yeah, me so, too. Exactly with that. Yeah, I, I know I need to be mindful of your time because you have a hard cutoff in a couple of minutes. So I think this is actually... Let me, let me do this. I'll, we can go a few minutes over. Okay. I've got a call, but it's my assistant. I, I, yeah, it, we're okay. Okay. Um, okay. Let's go a few let's minutes over. So I'll just, I'll run, I'll run through the rest of the savers yes. and, uh, and, and a lot quickly. Those are the main ones I want to dive in on exercise. Okay. Obviously it's not rocket science. Um, but here's the deal. If, if you are thinking that, well, I already go to the gym in the afternoon, right? Or I, I run in the evening or whatever. Um, so I don't need to, I already do my exercise later. 
the benefits of exercising in the morning, right? You are releasing endorphins that allow you to feel better. And you are allowing blood and oxygen to flow through your body and through your brain, which enables you to think clearer. You have more clarity. You have you have you end up having the wisdom of infinite intelligence right access you but if there's no blood or oxygen to your brain it doesn't see, it seems to be harder to get there and so uh, Robin Sharma says that the benefits of exercise last as long as 13 hours after the actual exercise so you don't need to go to the gym in the morning but you should do five to ten minutes of you know some light cardio some stretching yoga whatever I just all I do for exercise is I go for a 10 minute bike ride in my neighborhood I'm in nature I'm getting fresh air so on and so forth the R in savers is for reading. And again, not rocket science, but reading five to 10 pages a day is all you need to do in your miracle morning. And you know, 10 pages a day, that's 3,650 pages a year. That's 18 200 page self-help books. Like you'll be a different person if you even do half of that, right? Um, and then the final S in savers is for scribing. And scribing is a, a fancy word for journaling or writing, but I, you know, I needed an S at the end of the acronym. So we went with scribing. But scribing, for me, I just write down every day what I'm grateful for. And then I have a blank sheet of paper and I work through any internal challenges, right? I'm stressed about this and I'll write it out. And I'll just basically, it's almost like self-counseling, self-coaching, self-therapy. And by the end of that, five or 10 minutes later, I've worked through the internal struggle. It's now outside of my mind on paper. And then now I've got, you know, I've, I've figured it out or I've got a clear plan of action. And these six practices, silence, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing, any one of these in the morning will change your life. And what you know, the miracle morning I think has done for a lot of people is you realize that when you do all six of them, I mean, you literally create miracles. You create transformations that are beyond what you imagine possible, just like I did and just like these millions of people around the world have done. Um, you know, so whatever it is, if you're listening right now, whatever area of your life you want to transform, for me, I just take the area that's most pressing at any given moment and I just run it through all of my savers, right? I meditate on that area. I, I, I uh, create affirmations in that area. I visualize in that area and so on and so forth uh, until I, I create the, the outcome that I'm committed to. Honestly, incredible. So inspiring and such actionable tips. How I can't believe 45 minutes has gone by so quickly. <laughs> we'll have to have you on again. Where are you based, by the way? Where, where are you? Austin, Texas. Okay, well, if I'm ever there, we'll come do a live podcast. And I'm so, so grateful I got to have you on today. Where can everyone find you? And obviously, they know where to go sign up to watch the movie when it's out 12, 12, 20. Um, yeah. And where can they come support you and follow yeah, you? Yeah, the best spot is miraclemorning.com. Yeah. Um, if you go there, you get a, you can get a free Miracle Morning Fast Start you know, kit with like uh, a sneak peek of the book and a video training and audio training all for free. Uh, and we actually don't sell you anything on the back end, which is crazy. Like it's not even a sales funnel. It's just literally, here's some free stuff. Um, and then one of the coolest things is if you go there and scroll down, you'll see the Miracle Morning community. Um, it's a Facebook group with 270,000 members. And it's probably the most inspiring, supportive, loving online community that I have ever seen. And that's the group that's on this mission to elevate you know, consciousness. And we support each other in there in, in ways that are just beautiful. And, um, and then of course, if you want to get the book, Amazon is the best place to get it on you know, uh, paperback, Kindle, audiobook, whatever works for you. Amazing. I'm going to go join that Facebook group. That's so cool. Thank you so much, Hal. Honestly, incredible episode. I'm so glad we connected and this has just been so inspiring. Thank you, Mimi. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me on. I really do appreciate it.